Welcome to episode 319 of Grid Talk. Today we're here to preview the 2023 Dutch Grand Prix. My name is Ruby Price and joining me we have Grid Talk co-host Tom Downey. Hello. And Tom Horrocks. Hello. And Phil Matthew from Grip Strip Podcast. Hello. But before we get into this episode, we must thank our sponsor for the episode, Bet Online. Bet Online is your number one source for all your betting needs. Get the latest odds, lines, and matchup reports for baseball, boxing, golf, and more. Bet Online continues to be the fastest and easiest way to place your wages, including live betting and your favorite casino and card games available to play right from your phone. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, that's B-L-E-A-V, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. So yes, we are previewing the Dutch Grand Prix, which means that it is indeed race week and the mid-season break is all but over. I don't know about you, but things were starting to get a bit manic on my weekends without seeing 19 cars going full throttle to try and manage second in the championship. Starting off with the Alpatari's though, Tom Horrocks, it hasn't been the fairy tale return to the grid yet for the Aussie Prince himself. Daniel Ricciardo only managing P16 last time out in Spa with his younger teammates in order to leave in Belgium with a point. After a few weeks to recharge, do you expect the Red Bull sister team to do much in Zandvoort this weekend? Well, Alfred Sorry have not had a, a great run at Zandvoort, which is surprising given that their sister team has won both races. But um, with Sonoda double DNFing um, for his exploits so far and Ricardo in a McLaren managing a glorious P11 as his best result, it's not looking great. So um, Ricardo, though, I think a positive Hungary and then, you know, a, a less positive, but, you know, there were some decent reasons why he wasn't as competitive in Spa. Um, I, th- I think he's he's going to come out for the second half of the season now, kind of a bit more, a bit more relaxed. He's got used to the car, and he's and Tsunoda is going to be desperate to prove that he's up for it. So I think they've got something to fight for. Both drivers are going to be hungry, which is more than you can say probably for you know the, the drivers in in the Haas and the Alfa Romeo seat. So I think that they are probably going to be fighting with Williams and pushing up towards the points. But yeah, I think they've they've got a decent chance of doing something, but historically they've not had a great Dutch Grand Prix. So I, I'm not holding out many hopes. Maybe they could sneak a point here or there. Who knows? Sneak a point here or there. Phil, in our mid-season driver grades episode, which is available to listen to where you get your podcast from, we gave Bottas a C and Joe a D. The Alfa Romeos have been fairly anonymous this season, but are ahead of the Alfa Tauris by six points. Do you think we should expect anything from them this weekend? Um, It's debatable ruby i i don't know i mean it's just like it is they're they're irrelevant or they're anonymous or you know we'll we'll see it's like kind of how like how valtteri and um joe were playing the games on the greg guest the grid and guess who's the oldest guess who's the youngest like valtteri botas didn't know anything uh it's kind of like their car it's completely anonymous um they could put one together. They could go and have a good qualifying run, or they could end up being out in Q1 and being lapped twice by uh, Max or Stoppin. It's it's entire. Uh, both of those things are possible. They are going to keep ahead. That's their battle now to be ahead of uh, Alpha Tori. So trying to keep it in check with uh, Yuki and also Daniel Ricardo. That's the game plan. Um, I don't think there's going to be much 
uh, from the weekend for them, uh, try to get through clean and then get to uh, the Italian Grand Prix where I think they'll have a better chance with their low downforce package and being able to have that. They might be able to do better there. Uh, I don't think it'll be a great weekend for them uh, personally, but hey, stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened, and Formula One is all about stranger things happening. But tied with Williams then on 11 points, and PA is currently the Haas team. Tom Downey, it's a close fight between these three teams, but after a string of poor results, it is Haas that have been falling backwards. What are you expecting from the American team? Uh, from Haas, again, to be honest, I'm I'm expecting probably an all right qualifying. I'm expecting Hulkenberg to out qualify Magnussen, and I'm expecting them to fall back and probably fall out the points in the race. Um, I mean, I don't think there's much more we can say about Haas. To be honest, you know, they're 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 good over over one lap pace, but their their um their race pace is just it just seems to die for a cliff after a couple of laps. I think mainly because their tires die off a cliff because that car seems to be really really heavy on its tires. So. You know, there's uh, the car's got potential. The team's got potential. Um, you know, Hulk is somewhat leading that team now. You know, it's one of the, one of the things I talked about in my in my um, hot take. Um, yeah, you know, K Magnus to buck his ideas up a bit. Um, and yeah, I'm just I'm expecting a fairly anonymous weekend from them, to be honest. Yeah, fairly anonymous one, but, you know, they might show up in qualifying because, obviously, you mentioned that one-lap pace, and Hulkenberg has been routinely out-qualifying his teammates so far this season, you know, once again showing that one-lap pace that he's pretty much always had. Um, But it's just, you know, the race pace that's just letting the team down and, you know, they're just not really performing as, you know, Gunter Steiner particularly would be hoping for. Um, but it makes you wonder how the supply of doors is going. Um, but Tom, Alex Albon has been one of our highest rated drivers so far this season. Firstly, is all of the hype true? But also, can Williams build on the momentum after a few weeks away from the action? Well, as I said on the on the Driver Grades podcast at the start of the summer break, it's uh, you with Albon, you you have to temper your expectation a little bit. You know, when you saw him alongside Max Verstappen, he looked very ordinary, which, you know, but everyone looks ordinary alongside Max Verstappen. And we just don't have a reading on Sargent yet. So, you know, his his teammates have been have been Latifi and Sargent. So um it's not really a a, a strong base for comparison at the moment. Uh, I think yeah, he's he got a uh, he got a P12 here last year, which, given that the car is not suited to this type of circuit at all, it's uh, that's that's pretty impressive. Um, his teammate is not only a rookie; he's never raced in in Formula One. Here, he he had a dubious uh, <laughs> um, he had a bit of an off in the in the feature in F2, uh, but he did manage to qualify in P3 for um, for the uh, for the feature in F2. So he has got a bit of. Uh, Bit of experience in in running reasonably well here, and did get a P six in the sprint, so he's he's okay here. So let's go and see with with F two experience, will that translate to F one? So far this year, it hasn't. So I'm not holding out a lot of hope. But um, but Albon, I think yeah, he's he's definitely proving on the on the qualifying side of things that he can out qualify and as well out race Logan Sargent, who just doesn't seem to be putting it all together. But I think the second half of the season will see an uptick from Logan Sargent. I think we'll see him start to becoming a little bit more consistent. He's had a nice time for a reset now and 
and just go again. He's under no pressure from Williams. I, I think there's there's not an awful lot of people that they can plug into that seat unless they were looking to try and get a, a pillow in from IndyCar. Might be an opportunity for them. Um, definitely with some marketing opportunities there as well. But I don't think they're gonna they're gonna sack off their their long term project Logan Sargent because he's the he's the first graduate of that Williams Academy that rather new Williams Academy and they want to make that work and to bin him off after a season would not be a good idea. So I think he's fairly safe. Um, and I think this hopefully will be the start of a better second half of the season for Logan Sargent. So uh, I'm going to say the similar thing to what I said for my previous team that I can see them potentially sneaking a point. And maybe this is where Logan Sargent does get that, that lucky break, holds it all together, keeps, you know, does the Alex Albin style defense and does bring home a P10 for the team or, you know, to at least get him on the board and, and contributing to this, this uh, actually quite a decent year for Williams. Yeah, absolutely. A point for the man with stars and stripes would certainly go amiss. And if you want to give us some stars, you can leave us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or a five-star, yeah, a five-star review on Apple Podcasts or a five-star rating on Spotify. But Phil, the Alpines of Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly have been in the wars and walls numerous times this season. And after a number of big changes during the mid-season break, including... Um, Otmar Zafnauer obviously leaving. There's been a lot of talk about the team not having the stability to challenge for the front of the midfield. How important is it for Alpine to perform in Zandvoort? I mean, there's they spend more time in the news with all the controversy uh, going on with their team, Ruby, and it's, it's supposed to be about racing. Uh, will they... Can they go out there after a few weeks off? Maybe the reset helps them. Uh, having reliability fundamentally is the number one problem for them uh, when they're not crashing into each other um, or making mistakes or whatever. But they have the drivers. They have the ability to go and score points, at least one of them, if not both. Uh, Pace-wise, on this circuit, I think they're they're in the mix to to contend for Q3 definitely should be in Q2 um but i mean they they spend more time in the with all the you got Otmar Safnauer you know still talking you got all these other prince team principals i used to be there talking you have drive i mean the i'll tell you who's really happy and you're going to talk about it uh is Oscar Piastri cuz he bailed out of that the one time that uh that um, Zach Brown actually did a good signing um, was when he went and stole uh, Oscar Piastri from them. And that's actually been a good thing for him. Uh, but I think they, they should be on the fringes of contending for points. They should be contending for a Q3 spot, but they're, I really don't know what their battle is uh, because they're kind of in no man's land. McLaren is well ahead. Uh, Ferrari, kind of is in the same boat but they have a lot more points so they're just kind of they need to just finish races <laughs> just finish races get some data find your spots here and there in the second half of the season to pick to pick areas where you might be able to capitalize or because this has been a really bad uh, start to this year and the PR side of it has been just as bad if not worse Absolutely. And of course, Alpine have been a team with a lot of PR on them. Um, Rob McElhaney and uh, Ryan Reynolds 
yes, Ryan Reynolds um, being, you know, two people who've come in as part of a group that have taken a share in their ownership. Um, but yeah, you know, it's not quite, you know, the excellent performance that we've seen from other um, sporting ventures that those two have become involved in. But it has been a rapid trajectory for McLaren over the last few races with Piastri and Norris impressing everyone with some brilliant drives. Tom Downing, we could have seen Piastri on the podium in Spa last time out before a rogue Carlos Sainz took that out of the equation. Will he be able to bounce back this weekend? Um, if you'd have asked me a few weeks ago, like after Silverstone, I'd have probably said no, because of how we, because of how I thought McLaren were going to struggle in a place like Hungary. But Dan, but you know the, the progress McLaren have made this season, um, you know, it's it's remarkable. And Piastri is doing exceptional things in that car. You know, he's he's proved the hype. He's proved that um Zach Brown was right to sign him and that he was right to dump Ricardo. Um, you know, I'm not gonna go over that again, but you know, like I said, if you'd have asked me a couple of weeks ago, you know, like before Silverstone like six, eight weeks ago, if I'd have thought that um McLaren would have been looking for a decent result in Zanfor, I'd have probably said no, because I thought their their sort of setup and their upgrades were gonna still gonna struggle in the sort of slow to medium uh, corners. But we saw how well they did in Hungary, and Zanvor has some similarities with the sort of like Hungary type setup. Um, so, I you know I, I think the sort of progress they showed, provided they get their actual setup on the day correct, I think I think they could have been yeah could be in for for a decent result. I really want to see Piastri get a podium. Uh, Zanvor is a tricky circuit, you know. Obviously, a lot of off-camber corners. You look at turn three and you know, you know turn ten, and then the, the final bank, which is what turn twelve or thirteen, I think. It's um, it might be a bit more of a bump back down to reality for them, but I'd expect to see both cars in Q three and pushing for sort of like top six at least. A bit of ambition there for the McLaren, who let's remember at the start of the season were not doing very well at all. But, Tom, we are checking if it's even worth making any predictions for how Ferrari are going to perform. Um, we might, we do have to try and come up with something. It's Murphy's Law in their strategy department of, you know, if it can go wrong, it will. But what will they be hoping goes right? I think they're hoping that uh, the stopped clock is going to... Uh, is go- that is going to be this weekend where, like... Uh, it- at some point in the season, they've got to pick the right strategy. They did it once uh, early this season. I think they picked a, uh, I, I forget the race at the moment, but I do remember a race where I was thinking, what are they doing? And then it turned out it was a really good call. I forget which one it is, but uh, I mean, they're due another one. So let's that, wait and see. Um, I do think, uh, yeah, Canada, thank you for that. Um, Leclerc looks like the stronger driver based on previous history at this track with a, with a couple of, um, with a P3 and a P5. So there's a chance of a podium in there. I know that the car isn't as good as it was last year, but by this time last year, Red Bull were already in the ascendancy, and um, and they were um, they were just on the verge of uh, of kind of falling away in the in the title race. So I think it's uh, there's there's a chance of them doing something if they get some strategy right as well. Um, they've never finished outside the points here. So if you're looking at some some positivity here, P, P5, P7, P3, and P8 at the last two years. So they're, they're always getting some points. So um, strong points are definitely a possibility. Potentially a podium. 
if some circumstances go their way. I think it probably will suit their car to to some degree. Maybe not. Uh, it's it's difficult to say really because we've still got such a limited sample set in this in the, on this circuit. And both times we've raced here, it's been with two completely different types of regulation. So it's very difficult to to pick out trends and and say that you know various you know various corners are going to suit various cars and because we've never seen the um an evolution of a car at this circuit before so it's going to be difficult to say for sure but um i think we are going to see ferrari doing well uh, i think they'll probably be in that fight with mclaren uh, i think aston martin will probably sit just behind them and i think it'll be mclaren ferrari fighting it and then um, my i think it's going to be the mercedes and the mercs fighting out for the for the win i say fighting out for the win um you can guess where i think that's going to go yeah, absolutely. The few things that have been consistent about Zambot, of course, well, whilst we've been racing in Zambot, is Max with a performance like no other and flares in the uh, you know crowd and preferably not on the track this time around, giving us a very late safety car. But Phil, a, a lot of talk during the mid-season break about Lance Stroll and his ultimately secure seat at Aston Martin. Fernando Alonso's just about keeping P3 in the driver's standings, but they've fallen back and struggled in the second quarter of the season. Can Aston Martin deliver in Zanford? I think Fernando Alonso can deliver at Sanford. Uh uh, they if if they match what they did at Monaco, of course. Um, there's also the the notion that uh, Stroll shows up once or twice a year in qualifying and puts together a race. So maybe the break ha- uh, helps him, and he shows up this weekend. Um, while uh, you know, I appreciate all you guys and trying to defend the guy. I've never been a fan. I never will be. And it doesn't really matter uh, in this sense because he'll have lifetime membership. So it's really a case of Fred doing his job, going and taking this reset and being able to keep Aston Martin in the mix, not just in the driver's championship amongst the group that they're with, but also in constructors. Um, I think he should be in the top five or six both in in race and in qualifying personally uh stroll flirting with uh, should be in the points may not get in the top 10 it's shootout itself but be get into the top 10 uh the way that the track is a way the pit i mean the pit delta it's a shorter pit road too so it's a there's there's things in the favor of aston if they do things the right way um to get a successful weekend out of it. I know that Stroll has had good moments at Monza, so I'm sure he wants to go there and uh, see if he can go and bring those back and and have that happen. But at least for this weekend, I think it's more about Fernando uh, doing his thing than uh, Lance. Yeah, absolutely. Tom, it could have been a win for the Mercedes this time last year, but division in their strategies and a charging Max Verstappen cost them. Uh, With their side pods and floor changes, they've been stronger, but the fight for P1 is long gone now. Uh, Can the duo, though, manage to fight for a win, perhaps? No, Um, couldn't be honest. Um, And I'm not just saying that because I'm a Red Bull fan, but... (laughs) You know, if anybody's going to get close, you'd probably say it's going to be the Mercs, but 
that Red Bull in Max's hands, yeah. But Mercedes, they're just going to have to focus their attention on P2, both in the constructors and maybe in the drivers. But you know, given to the sort of early, you know, the sort of early form of Alonso, that might be out of reach. Um, I don't know how Mercedes is going to go around here. You know, since they bought the side pods, who knew side pods would work so well? You know, just ask AJ Newey. Um, you know, they've, you know, they've, they've. They they have done better. They are making improvements. You know, you know, Hamilton sort of almost seems a bit rejuvenated this year. Um, Russell is arguably a bit of a weak link at the moment in that team. I'm not saying he's a bad driver. Far from it. Um, but um, but yeah, it's uh, it, Mercedes. You know, they'll probably be duking out with. You can't, can you even say Ferrari at the minute because they'll probably send the cars out on snow change when it's thirty degrees or something, um, you know, or you know something equally as daft as that. Yeah, they, they'll probably be duking out with McLaren. Um, they might sneak a front row start. They might, you know, they, they might sneak into lead because you know because we've seen it before. You know, Max doesn't start that well from P one. You know, that's usually his his sort of like weakest area. You could say, um, you know, so if you saw in Australia, you know, the, you know, the, um, if Russell or Hamilton starts you know, P2 or P3, they might get around him going into turn one. Who knows? And it would be nice to see someone else win. Um, I'd rather it be McLaren just because it's McLaren. But, you know, I think Mercedes probably do have the best chance. Yeah, they are the team who you would probably back to take the win if Red Bull do something wrong or, you know, a miracle happens and during the time during this summer break where they have been allowed to work on the car, they've found the ultimate solution that gives them, you know, a million horsepower and all of that jazz. But Tom Horrocks, it is a home party for the Dutchies with the golden boy, Max Verstappen, the favourite to win. Put it on pole for a much less certain weekend for Sergio Perez. There has been talk during the summer break about um, F1 maybe bring like it's been speculation but talk about you know them taking DRS out of qualifying because you know of its definition as an overtaking aid um obviously I think you've been quite vocal in being against that as a thing to be brought in mid-season just what are your thoughts obviously like the talk is it will affect Red Bull the most if that is the case but yeah what are your thoughts on the uh DRS quality situation yeah i I'm against it in that I'm it's yes, it probably would make things a little bit closer, but that's, I just don't think that's, that's right. It's, I, I get that if someone's, if someone's doing something they shouldn't be, then you should stop them, but they're doing everything according to the rules. I'm all for removing DRS and qualifying for the start of next season, but the, let's be honest, if Red Bull were incredibly fast in a straight line, but had a very low DRS Delta, they wouldn't even be talking about it. And that's the problem. It's not that there's a problem that needs fixing. It's not, there's a safety issue that where they suddenly realized that DRS is causing issues on, on, um, uh, on, on straights and safety issues and, and things. It's not because of that. It's not for any reason other than they want to slow Red Bull down. And that for me, isn't right. That kind of thing has got to be done closed season or has got to be done as part of a, a wider strategy to close off safety loopholes or, or anything like that. Um, but yeah, it's, it, so that's my kind of thoughts on that, but, but Red Bull as a team, yeah, I mean, we, we're going to see them dominant. You take, you take a few miles an hour off the straights off them. They're still going to be the fastest package overall. It's not going to make a vast difference this season. And then if they bring this in now, next season, they'll have already dialed it out of the car setup anyway. So it's, it's purely just a, 
an effort to try and slow Red Bull down now, which for me is is just wrong. Um, Perez on this track, well, Perez this season, if he ever beats Max, he wins the race. He's never finished ahead of Max without winning a race. So you never know. This this could be the time. Max 10-2 uh, for, for race results over Perez. So I think it's pretty obvious what's what's going to happen. But uh, but you never know. You never. This could be that time when I have to uh, finally go to my uh, wish list and click on that sombrero and go get on, get it on, get it on now, ready for the uh, for the preview of the next race. Yeah, I mean, you would have to question as to whether Red Bull will allow anyone but Max Verstappen to win his home race. But Phil, I'm coming to you as well on this uh, DRS thing. Obviously, do you agree with Tom's perspective on this about, you know, bringing it in mid-season purely just because it's an attempt to stop Red Bull? Um, what what are your thoughts on it? Yeah, I agree with what Tom's saying and that, I mean, it, the reality of the world is, okay, fine. Max, instead of qualifying on pole by six-tenths of a second or seven-tenths of a second, it's three-tenths. He's still on the pole. So who cares? I mean, it's really a whole bunch of nothing. Um, if you're going to go and tell me they're going to go and give rocket boosters to everybody else on top of it, then maybe we could have have a conversation. But we know that's not going to happen. It's not going to turn into Mario Kart even if Liberty media wants it to be that way. Um, it's it's and and the, and even with that, you have newly sitting there, the boy. Yeah. And they, that's true. You don't let Checo win at Mexico the last two years when he's had the freaking championship too. But um, you know, that, that having the DRS or taking away DRS and qualifying is not something that really does anything for me um it really is uh much ado about nothing um so i mean if they if they want to do it they'll do it but red bull is still going to be the fastest at all these places so it really doesn't make a difference in my opinion yeah tom danny finally just to come to you last um point on this topic um Taking it out of the context of, of course, you know, like right now it's because Red Bull have got, a, you know, a car that ultimately maximizes its DRS. Like from yep. a standpoint, um, we've obviously got, um, you know, we used to have DRS. You could activate it during practice whenever you wanted. Um, we used to have like, I mean, even the like sort of precursor to DRS being, you know, like McLaren's F duct where they just, you know, would stall the wing by covering up a hole in the cockpit. Um it's been it's obviously an overtaking aid like should we have it in qualifying that is ultimately the question i guess like but we want qualifying to be the fastest possible lap don't we we do want qualifying to be the fastest possible lap but that shouldn't be fundamentally reliant on on drs opening you know to to have one lap pace you know it, it's not just about opening the rear wing because it's going to be more effective in some circuits than it is in others it will depend on where the activation point is how long the straight is where the activation zone ends you know obviously you know, drivers will be braking before the drs zone ends you know unless they unless their pedals disconnect on f123 um <laughs> sorry mate um yeah, that's uh, yeah, that that was a that was a sore topic. Um, uh, no, um, it's uh, you know, it's it, getting the most out of a car. It's not always about the top speed because if you have such good top speed coming down a straight, you might end up outbreaking yourself going into a turn. And then if, if you if your setup is not conducive to 
having a good flow through a corner. You know, say if you if you suffer with sort of like uh, with poor traction on the exit, or if, or if you have chronic understeer when 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 you turn into the corner, what's the point in having all that speed on the straight? Because you will just you will just lose any advantage which you gained anyway. And F, uh, your DRS was introduced as an overtaking aid. You know, it is marketed as an overtaking aid. It's not a top speed aid. Yes, the aid, or so you know, yes, the system aids in achieving a higher top speed, but it it's not an aid which is there to give you purely, you know, a higher top speed. I mean, yes, it does that, but it is an overtaking aid. That's what it's called. And to sort of draw comparisons, and Tom, I fully get your point where you said about not introducing things mid-season because it does sort of almost make a bit of a mockery, or you know, it's you know, it's not right. You you, you could argue. Um, twenty twenty, the FIA clamped down on party modes, or you know, quali modes, or you know, what you know, spicy chili modes, whatever they were called. You know, Nando's extra hot modes um, on on engines. I think it was around the time of the Italian Grand Prix. I think it was, um, which is when Mercedes said, "Okay, so we'll just have our engine going down every single weekend." Um, that's a technical phrase. Um, you know, so you know if. I get Tom. I get your point about um, about you know not doing it mid-season, and I agree with that. However, the FIA have already set a precedent that they can fundamentally change things mid-season or mid-race. Um, you know, so let's uh, you know. So I'm not going over that one. Um, and it's you know just you know I know there's probably more to it than that, but I think if they can do it, they will. You know, they they probably will. I think it should not be in. Um, uh qualifying and i think you should maybe go as far to, to a point as if you're lapping a car so the car in front of you has blue flags you don't get the rs but that's that's a whole nother that's a whole nother thing because you don't necessarily overtake a car that you've already overtaken or sat behind you so you know it's 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 a bit of a slippery slope in that sense um but you know there's a whole raft of things i changed by f1 you know if i was given given the keys to the kingdom and i'm going to have time to go over that so yeah Tom Downey with the hot takes. And if you want more hot takes, you can listen to last week's episode of Grid Talk where we discussed our hot takes for uh, Formula One. And there was quite a few spicy things said during that show. Um, thoroughly recommend checking it out and not just because I was on it. Um, but now that we've uh, sort of, you know, talked about DRS um, and all of the teams, let's make some predictions. So Tom Horrocks, your prediction, please, for pole position and the podium. So I'm I'm going to try and turn over a bit of a new leaf of the second half of the season and predict things that are a little bit more realistic as opposed to me just trying to manifest things into existence. Um, but I'm going to start off that new leaf by predicting something um, which has only ever happened once before in Formula One, which is the George Russell poll. I think he's going to come out in the second half of the season and he's going to be a lot quicker. He's uh, he, he does well when he has these mental resets and having only scored 33% of the points of Mercedes in the first half of the season, that's going to have knocked his confidence a bit. But I think after a reset, a bit of time away, he's going to come back and I think Mercedes will be competitive at this circuit. So I think he's going to, he's going to steal pole position. Um, I'm not as... I'm not as uh, positive for the race, though. I, I think it's going to be uh, a Verstappen win with uh, with Leclerc a surprise second with Russell uh, bringing home the podium in third. A lot of Russell um, support there for the uh, pole position. 
Phil, your uh, pole position prediction and your podium prediction for the race, please. Max Verstappen pole. Max Verstappen win. Uh, behind him, we'll say uh, I'll go with uh, Lewis and Lando as uh, my podium. Lewis and Lando, um, with um, Max Verstappen very much the favourite for the top step. Yep. Um, Tom Downey, your pole prediction and your podium prediction, please. Uh, pole is hard to look past Max. You know the the rich sort of uh, vein, um, or the, you know the sort of I think I'm a word right then at all. You know the, the, the sort of you know the form he's in. He just, yeah, he, he's he's gonna get it, especially in, in his home race. Just keep the flares out, please. Don't let people in with flares. I know you said Rubio's want to echo that. It's stupid. It's dangerous. Um, it's, it's from from my race um, podium. Provided Max finishes, he's going to finish P one, um, P two. Uh, I'm I'm going to say George Russell. I think Tom made a good point about him sort of you know, having a mental reset, sort of you know, sort of like being like, right, okay, come on, we need to do this. The car's better, you know, the drive's looking more comfortable in the car. Um, you know, he, you know, he, he has showed that he's good, you know, he's a good racer, he's an aggressive racer, so you know, that could pay dividends, or he could end up in the barriers. Who knows? Um, and then P3, I'm going to say Carlos signs. Um, if Ferrari lets him pass Leclerc. Interesting. Um, so that's two people at least with Ferrari podiums. Everyone's got Verstappen, um, and there's a Mercedes on um, them as well. But yeah, so how about something a bit bolder than you know, not Max Verstappen being on pole? Tom Horrocks, what is your bold prediction? My bold prediction is something. Um, I think that there's it's going to be a more competitive race, and that's probably going to be down to circumstance. But I think there's going to be a late pass for the win. Uh, and I, I think you know we're talking like the last five laps is going to be someone that's going to have to make an overtake for the win. I'd say somebody, you know, it's going to be Verstappen, but that's there's a possibility that it could be a late safety car and someone with a massive tire offset might come and make the pass on Verstappen. You never know. We live in hope. Uh, so there's uh, yeah, that's my prediction that there's going to be a late pass for the win, which I don't think has happened all year. And I just like to correct myself when I said earlier has only had one pole. George Russell, he had two. Apologies, that was my brain just uh, <laughs> not quite re-engaging with the second half of the season yet. Not quite re-engaging. It is the mid-season break still for now. Um, we'll let you off so far, Tom Hyrex. But Phil, your uh, bold prediction, please, for Zandvoort. Well, I'm going to keep on going until it happens. I'm going to say Logan Sargent scores a point. And um, not just the American bias, which is obvious, but I'm just going to do it. George did it for a long time for George Russell, Mr. This. And now I'm going to do it for uh, Logan um it may probably not this week more likely next week at uh, monza because they have a great low down force package but hey want to have the positive vibes going there for logan and williams positive vibes for logan sergeant tom downey your bold prediction please daniel ricardo signs for red bull no um imagine um that's uh, not no. a prediction that already happened no, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, just let me have this, Ruby. Um, now, I'm going to say uh, 
both the Saubers, or Alfa Romeos, or Audis, or BMW Williams, or whatever they're called, in the points. Wow. I mean, they've had a pretty anonymous season so far, so that would definitely make it bold for them to get double points again. Um, but yeah, that is our um, predictions now for some promo. So, Tom Horrocks, you are also from the Monkey Seat podcast, so why don't you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, we're me and Carla on the monkey seat, and we we do a podcast from him from Ireland, me from the UK, and I'm actually going to be in person with him uh, tomorrow. I'm picking him up from the airport, so that's going to be that's going to be fun. Who knows? We may even record a podcast while we're there. But it's just two mates having a laugh about Formula One, and and him generally claiming that George Russell is useless, um, and and me just trying to not offend people, but uh, failing as well. So if you fancy coming to uh, give us a support, then yeah, we're at Monkey Seat Pod on all the socials and monkeyseatpod.com. Come and have a listen. Yeah, and there's a hundred of those episodes to listen to, the latest with uh, Statman Sean Kelly. Very much enjoyed listening to that. Phil, you're from Grip Strip Podcast. Tell us about that. Where can people listen to things from you? Uh, you can find the Grip Strip podcast on basically anywhere you listen to podcasts. We're over we're on 182 episodes this past week. Been uh, slacking on my end, so I need to get them out. Uh, Josh, is, my co-host, has posted the video feeds of both of those episodes. So you can see it on our YouTube page for Grip Strip podcast. You can also find the shows when I actually upload them uh, on philipgmatthew.com, my blog site. And uh, you can find me, PG Matthew 28, Josh at JP Huffine, and Gripstrip Pod on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it. And uh, yeah, thanks to you, Rubes, for a great job. And uh, always great to be with the Toms here. And always uh, good to contribute here on the Grid Talk and get the merch since, you know, get a cup like this, you know, or a shirt. Or a coaster. Or a cup know. like this as well. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, thanks, Phil. Um, for Tom Downey, um, you also are a co-host of Formula Talk. So why don't you tell us about that? Why the devil not, eh? Um, yeah, so, sorry. Uh, so, Formula Talk, I do with uh, one of the Grid Talk, um, Pana Sophia. Um, we are, I think we were supposed to record yesterday, but I forgot, to be honest. Um, I've, I've had a busy few weeks. Uh, in fact, no, we're on our summer shutdown, actually. It's like my brain still is. Um, so, yeah, so we cover off uh, well, all things non-F1, he says. It's mainly F2, F3, and F1 Academy, as we don't really have time to cover every single open-wheel series that that, that exists. Um but yeah, it's, it's predominantly F2, F3, the sort of road to F1 kind of thing, to coin a phrase from uh, from F1 themselves. Uh, yeah, it's um, it, it goes out weekly. Everywhere you you find Grid Talk, you'll find Formula Talk. Yeah, and if you want to hear more from me, you can listen back to most of the uh, Grid Talk shows. But also, if you want to find me on socials, it is at Rubes or at Rubes001 if you can't find me with at Rubes. Um, but yeah, Grid Talk is available on YouTube where most episodes are recorded live. This being a preview, it was not. As well as Amazon Fire, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Music, Verbal and Pocket Cast. Just search Formula One Grid Talk for our huge back catalogue of shows. 
previews and reactions to qualifying and the race results. Please consider supporting the channel on Patreon so we can get mics, lights and better recording equipment. And also make sure you subscribe to the first to know when each new episode is released. We'll be back soon with plenty more F1 content and of course the Dutch Grand Prix. But thank you very much for listening to the Grid Talk podcast presented by Bet Online and goodbye.